out of everybody in the entire world at the time when God decided to destroy the earth. He picked a 500 years old man and gave him the responsibility to save mankind. Noah was given the task of building an ark and selecting out of the entire globe just his family members and two animals, female and male, that he was to take to the ark with him. When the Bible first introduced Noah to us, we're told that he's a righteous man, a man who obeys God's commands and listens to God. When you put that against the backdrop of historical accounts of what the world was like at the time, it described it as a very corrupt world where human beings had found a way to make love and have sexual relationship with fishes and the seas and birds and all types of reptiles. It was that bad as described. So God looked at everybody and said, it is best for me to actually just destroy them. And so he decided to bring flood upon the world and give Noah the task to say, hey, you're going to be the one to save whatever is left of the species that I want to preserve and I want you to build this ark. While this is such a beautiful story, when everything is taken into account, you only left but to wonder and ask questions such as, what really happened when the flood came and the water really started to rise? And how far did Noah's message go? Was everybody on earth, literally everybody, dismissive of the fact that there was an ark that was being built and that you could save yourself or at that point was it a little bit too late and also as vast as the world is and we all know today in geographical places there are certain animals who can only live in certain regions of the world and can habitat themselves in other parts of the world did Noah really go to every part of the world and really try to get every species now I'm not here to try to debunk the truthfulness of the story, but I'm trying to pitch the story against your personal life. Do you need to build an ark for your life? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Forget Norms with Mr. Fashim. What's going on everybody? Welcome to another episode of our show Forget Norms. My name is Mr. Fashino, and as always I would like to thank every single one of you who continue to listen to what we have to say, um, continue to share, continue to leave comments and send messages of appreciation of what you know your life has been transformed or been touched or you just don't care. We appreciate each and every single one of you and we thank you guys for listening. Guys, let me jump right into this this whole thing. Um, I really didn't feel like narrating the whole story, but anyone who's been on earth for a little bit longer and heard about God knew that at some point, God stopped the world and restarted the world by sending flood and killing everybody else and only keeping Noah's family for the sake of keeping forward what the world was before the craziness all happened, you know. Now, when you read some of these stories, a lot of Christians find a reason to try to make it very mystified. Try to make it where it has to have literal meaning, and when it doesn't have literal meaning, then we lose the essence of it. But I've gotten to the place in my life where I'm saying they are super educational, but even more importantly, they're very psychological to how we relate to ourselves on a personal level and how we relate to a higher calling, which is God. Let me clarify this. I am not denouncing God at no point. I believe there's a higher calling. But when it comes to structured religion and everything else, I shy away from those things. And that's why you sometimes hear me call the Bible what I call it. But 
I can't take away the inspiration that he carries and the psychology that comes with the, the writings of the book. Let's go into Noah's story. There is something going on within this story that you have to pay attention to when it comes to your personal life. And what that is, is that I'm going to talk about four key things about this story. Actually, I'll talk about five of them. The first thing that I want to point out with the story is that there are significance to everything in Noah's story, which is significant to your personal life. The first thing that I want to talk about is flood waters. At some point, the flood was coming and it will come. So God had to search somebody and say, listen, this flood, I'm going to kill everyone. And I need you to go ahead and try to secure something for me. The flood waters, when you relate them to your life, is that those are your problems. Those are your struggles. Whether we want to believe it or not, flood will come, struggles will come. As a matter of fact, whether we want to believe it or not, death will come. But the final death is when you stop breathing and you don't believe you don't live in this earth anymore. But before that comes, there's a lot of small death. We die a lot of small death. Some of them are not so bad because they only gives us transition from one place to another. Like for instance, if you're one, you're going to go to two. Once you leave one and go to two, one is dead. Never come back, you're leaving two and you look forward to three. This type of death don't bother us, but we fail to understand that our whole life is life and death. Things die, other things spring up. One thing ends, another thing begins. It is beginning, ending, ending, beginning. Whichever way that you want to phrase it. So, flood will come. That's the first thing that I want to point out to you. And what are floods in Noah's story? Floods are our problems. What's the second thing that I want to talk about? I want to talk about the ark. The ark represents your personality. Because when the flood came, the ark is what really kept Noah afloat and everybody else that was in the ark afloat. So when the flood comes, how you relate to flood, how you relate to your struggles, how you relate to your trials, how you relate to everything is how you relate to your personality. Your personality is the arc, is what floats you above every problem. The guy talking about you, the lady talking about you, your teacher says you don't amount to nothing. Everybody says you're not going to be anything. You fight through your personality and prove yourself that you are something. So the arc is your personality. Third thing that you're going to see in the story is Noah. Well, who's Noah to you? Noah is your experiences. The story goes that Noah had been on earth for 500 years. Now, pay attention to not only just the 500 years, pay attention to everything that's happening around Noah. Noah is actually dealing with the world where everybody has decided to say, you know what, we're not going to do anything that makes us feel righteous. We'll do whatever we want to do. Noah possibly didn't even know that there was a flood coming, but he kept to himself and his experiences of knowing between right and wrong had happened to him. And so he stayed to say, you know what, I'll do the right thing regardless of how everybody is doing it. So your experiences sometimes can teach you between right and wrong because fundamentally, most of us in life, want to pretend to not know what right or wrong is. Most of us want to pretend to almost always be innocent. And so when we pretend to be innocent, we start to live a reckless life, even within ourselves, because we almost forget that we know what the difference is between right or wrong, but then we don't act on the differences between right or wrong. And this right or wrong does not mean good or bad. It's just right or wrong, period. And then the next thing that I want to talk about is Noah's family and the animals that he was given to pick and go into the ark with him. Those are your close acquaintances because when the flood comes and when your ark has to float, who's next to you determines whether your ark sinks or, or, or floats. And that also comes to the fact that if Noah had picked somebody else that was on the earth who didn't have the same personality trait as him, then that brings the sheep down. That brings the ark down. 
And the final thing that I want to talk on, which I'll expand a little bit more on, is the fact that when the ark and everything was settled, when the dove was sent out to go and scout the earth and came back, when he said everything was okay, it was dry time now, the Bible actually said, then God remembered Noah. It's almost as if it said, but what do you mean God remembered Noah? He placed them in the ark. So why does he have to remember them? Because he killed the whole earth. He, he perished everybody and kept them alive. So why is he remembering them? But only for the, 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 the story to tell us that the sheep landed on the mountain. So if you can understand about your flaws, and if you can understand that you have to build your ark, and you realize that you represent Noah, which is your experiences, and then you're going to end up on a mountaintop, which is what most of us want to do. Now, let me take the story and break it down a little bit more further, why you even have to build your ark. Noah, in this context, represents the new Adam. In the beginning, God created man and placed them in the Garden of Eden. Nobody understood what was going on. Adam didn't know what was going on. He enjoyed a beautiful life without even knowing that he existed. Until somebody came and whispered in his ear and said, Hey, you know you could be like somebody who made you, right? He's like, Oh, whoa, really? How? Let me eat the apple. And then he ate the apple and realized that, Oh, shoot, I'm naked. So from that point on, the understanding of right and wrong has been established. But what wasn't established was the fact that how did I even get here? What's my role in this? Pay attention to what's going on while I call them the new Adam. When God told Adam to name the animals, all he said was name the animals. When he came to Noah's time when Noah had to rebuild the earth, God said, you take the animals and put them in their male and female. So which means that we've understood the context of male, we understood the context of female. Adam didn't understand a lot of those things. He went ahead and did it anyway. So when you take Adam and you realize that when God created the earth. Adam benefited from being the first man that was created. When it was time to destroy the earth and created a new earth, God said, no, I'm not going to do it this time, are we? I'm going to let you build it. This time, you're going to be the one to save the earth. And I'm going to tell you exactly what I want you to do. Build a big ship and pick the people that I want you to pick and put them in there. And you this time are going to be the person who will build the earth. Because at this point, man has understood the difference between right or wrong. Why? Everybody else is doing wrong about you, but you chose to remain righteous. And so I'll give you the opportunity for you to go ahead and build the earth. And this time you stand at the pillar of what happens on earth. Bring it down to personal understanding. Everybody has the opportunity to build their own life after they've come into this world without understanding. The serpent that talks to people's ears is the ones that are going to tell you when you're young, don't do this. Caring is sharing. Don't do that. You're supposed to be a good citizen. You're supposed to be this. But then it comes to a point where you have to now start to build your own ark. Because everything about life is going to teach us what life is in relation to a society. But then at some point, you look at Noah's life and the society is doing everything that the society does. But he says, I'm not doing what the society does. I'm doing me. So when you start to think about your experiences and everything, and I said, Noah is the experience. The ark is, is your personality and the flood is the troubles that will come. You realize that when you start to think about that stuff, you build your own ark. Everybody could do whatever they want to do. You do you and you do whatever you choose to do. Because you've understood right from wrong from your experiences. And you understand now that the struggles and everything is something we can't run away from. They're going to come regardless of how we want them to come or how we choose them not to come. They'll come. But what carries me and makes me afloat, what keeps my arc afloat is my personality. So 
While the story is a good biblical story about God and everything and how he, you know, saved the earth and put somebody in it, it still pitches man at the center of creation because for the first time in history, we get to see the works in the hands of man. This is the first iPhone ever built. This is the first technological thing ever done. This is the first carpentry thing ever done. Everything was precise. When the story started, it was about Noah's righteousness. It was about the flood. But when he got to the ark, everything about the story was so precise. The ark was supposed to be X amount of feet long. The coating was supposed to be inside. The rope that was supposed to be round, put around it. As a matter of fact, for anyone who was in America and who was in the East Coast, if you really think about the size of that ark and how the rope wrapped around, it's actually from, from Boston to Philadelphia or from Philadelphia to Boston, whichever way that you want to think about it. Everything was about how the ark has to withstand the flood. It was about the performance of the ark, the logistics of the ark. This size, the precision, three rooms down, go to the second floor, the basement, all that stuff, and everything else, the top deck and all that stuff. That building of the personality has to have a precision as to who you want to be. The ark that you build is a precise definition of your character. Who are you? Because when the flood comes, that's when you know who, who you are. When the flood came, we didn't even hear about how many people perished and everything. We don't even know what the, the world population was. But we understood that everything inside the ark was where it was supposed to be. So there's a lot of people around you that are not necessarily needed to be around you. In your case, who's around you that's not supposed to be around you? Because those people influence how your ark floats when, it, when the flood comes. And so... I, I take this story to challenge the, the wisdom of, of who we are as people from a psychological standpoint. It is important. It's a very important story for us to understand what we represent and how the story represents us. And if we can relate to that story from a, a very simple, basic understanding of how this thing functions, I think almost every biblical story is trying to portray that simplicity of life for you to grasp onto what am I? Who's next to me and where am I going? That definition of personality becomes a little bit more eminent for you to actually express yourself in the light and forget about all the norms and everything else that has been placed upon you for you to believe in. So let me, let me close with this. Building your ark is knowing yourself. It's knowing your personality. It's being able to understand what's internal and what's external. It's also being known what, how to place what should be internal and what needs to stay external. Because one thing is for certain, floods will always come. We can't escape them. Death is very eminent. As a matter of fact, a lot of folks on earth, and if you notice what pitches behind the flood story is that the world was ending, which means life as you know it was done. But somebody else was going to carry the torch to the other place, which was the new world. And they had to be righteous. Now, righteousness, in my opinion, doesn't come from you doing all the right things at all point. But it's also being able to know where you stand in regards to where the society stands. You, everybody, I don't care how old you are, you know right from wrong. My daughter is four years old. She does. When she does something that she feels like she's not supposed to do, she tells me, Daddy, that wasn't good, right? I said, no, it wasn't. So fundamentally, we know what's right from wrong. But what our experiences does for us is that our experiences help illuminate really as we grow to realize how often do we do right and how often do we do wrong. 
I think you could tell right from wrong from birth. If you ask me, that's what I feel. But you, the repetition of keep of doing them and also the emotional attachment to how you feel after you've done them is where the maturity comes in to say, okay, I shouldn't do it anymore because I know that if I keep doing it, I'm not happy about it. There are some people who do the wrong thing and enjoy it and they keep doing it. Serial killers will kill every day. Why? They understand it's not a good thing. They're going to be pitched against society, but it's what they want to do and they find, they find some kind of healing to that. So we are always seeking to get up onto a mountaintop. We want to be in a place where we feel successful. Every single human being in life searches for meaning for themselves. And so I took this story when it dawned upon me and I was looking at it and I was saying to myself, wow, this is interesting because everything about the story represents the moral of individuality. Can you stand amongst a crowd and do you in spite of what the crowd is doing? Because that's the only time that you start to realize that you've built your own arc because your personality and your foundation is solid. Can you recognize who needs to be in that arc with you? Can you be Noah? Can you take your experiences and make them a formidable uh, 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 a teaching moment for you to realize the things that you should expense your time on and can't expense your time on? And finally, can you understand who to trust which is the family that Noah had and the two animals because you got to understand there were hundreds of animals and fishes. You only had to take two. Which one do I take? You know, Christians might come back and say, well, it was all divine inclination. That is true. But not everybody also listens to when that simple voice is saying, go left. Some people still feel the need to go right. So which arc are you building? How are you building your arc? Which flood are you watching that's coming? Which people are you listening to that you don't even know whether or not you belong or they belong to your own, to, 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 to your art? And more importantly, how do you conduct yourself around life? This thing called life, how do you conduct yourself around it? How do you protect yourself around the flood? How solid is your art? How solid is your personality? How solid is your experiences to you? How solid are you to stay righteous how solid i don't mean righteous and good and bad i mean how solid are you to stay you in spite of what everybody else is doing and how bad do you want to get to the mountaintop as you ponder upon these questions and as you go back and look at your life i just want you to understand that you can build your own ark you don't need society to help you build your ark because everybody's flawed is not going to be the same everybody's not going to drown the same. Everybody's death is not going to be the same. But at the very least, you recognize your flaw, you recognize your death, and you figure out how you want to float in your flaw and how you want to float in your death. And until then, can you become somebody who norms don't really mean nothing to them, but who they know themselves to be is more important than who the society knows you to be. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, take care of yourself. Peace. For more information or to get in contact with our host, visit our website, www.forgetnorms.com.